Hi, welcome to Love, Hope, and Stories. This is Jennifer, and happy 4th of July. I know it's past, it was a few days ago, but I just want to say thank you to all of our military. Thank you to your families for all that you do for our country, for our freedom to keep us safe. You're just a gift to our country. So thank you for all you do. This podcast is all about highlighting stories of personal encounters with God's love and hope. And today's story, I'll just give you a little precursor. Today's story is kind of heavy, but there's freedom in the end. And that's where we're headed. We've been talking at our church. I go to Shoreline City in Dallas. Pastor Earl has been talking about how God allows us to go through seasons of pressing because he sees something in us that he wants to come out. We may not know that it's there, but he knows that's there. And it can only come out when we are pressed, like olives or like grapes. When that when they go through that pressing and that purification process, it actually makes oil or wine that is good. Other people can receive from that pressing that we went through. And I, it makes me think of a while back, I would always hear this this thought um, that said, when you're pressed or when you're pushed, you can really see what's inside of you. You know, whatever comes out, you know, when you stub your toe, what what's the first words that you come out of your mouth? You know, that that's kind of what's in your heart. And I, I believe that both things are true. I believe that when we're pressed, what instantly comes out of us is the things that are most at the surface of our heart. But I do believe that God sees something greater and he knows that a pressing, a molding, a a pushing will create something beautiful if we allow him to do the pressing and the molding. For me, that was infertility. Um, And I know that if you're if you're a guy, I would assume that you hear that word and you're like, oh, I'm out. That's not for me. I'm going to hit another podcast today. But I really feel like the story is not just about infertility. It could be anything in our lives that we allow to take over like I did. Can I be honest? I really don't want to share this story. I I knew from the very beginning of this podcast that I would be sharing stories of our personal life. And this one in particular is a season that I just don't want to talk about. I don't want to relive it. It was not fun. It was really a terrible experience that lasted a long time. And, you know, if you were to meet me on the street today, you would see my son Jackson. You would see my daughter Isabella. And we would probably start talking about kids. If anything, I would sum up a quick statement that says, you know, yeah, we were married for 10 years before the babies came. And I would just leave it at that. Very loaded statement. But I would probably just leave it at that. But if one in eight couples experience infertility in their marriage, then there's a reason to share and hopefully to share some hope in the process. Infertility for me, it was very shocking experience. You know, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes a baby carriage, right? Like that's the way it's supposed to happen. Every other goal I had ever had in my life, I'm able to work towards. I'm able to research it, understand it, attain it. And I just did not understand why A plus B was not equaling C in our life. It was very shocking. It was also very embarrassing. You know, when you are in, when you're a married couple, people ask really weird, inappropriate questions. And it's just awkward. Um, They also give really inappropriate advice. unsolicited advice. Um, People would say, oh, you guys just need to relax. 
or you guys just need to go on vacation. And let me tell you, we spent 10 years going on vacation and it was great, wonderful time. We went on mission trips. We went on fun five weeks in Europe. That was Vinny's gift when I earned my master's degree. But traveling and relaxing as fun as those things are, they don't necessarily equal starting a family. Um, That season was also very shameful for me. Um, I thought, you know, maybe God doesn't want us to have kids. Maybe he doesn't trust us to raise children. You know, all the things start coming to your mind of, is this punishment for some past sin in my life? Or, you know, bad theology comes up and whispers in your ear. And just feelings of hurt and rejection I had people really close to me say, Jennifer, you just need to get over it and move on with your life. Like you are letting this hold you back and you just need to move on. All these comments and suggestions, I know were given in love. I don't think anyone meant any harm. I honestly think that they thought they were showing support and concern for us. But if you know anyone in a season like this, please be gentle, be kind. If you've not walked it yourself, you cannot understand the level of hurt and shame, embarrassment, maybe even shock that they could be experiencing in this moment. So be kind, walk lightly, just be loving. For several years, I refused to see any specialist. Um, I, I just did not want to have someone tell me I didn't want to be labeled infertile. I come from a very fertile family. My grandmother had nine children naturally, and um, I just didn't want to have that label put over my life. And so for the first several years of us walking this journey, I just refused to go to the doctor. I felt like if God wants us to get pregnant, he'll let us get pregnant. When we finally did get everything checked out, the doctor told us he gave us a really useless label unexplained infertility was the label he gave us. He said, it's not a matter of if, but when for you guys. I left the doctor's office more frustrated than I did even going in there um, because my I felt like my conclusions were right. If God wanted us to have a child, he would let us have a child. But for some reason, he's not letting us have a child. He's not letting us start our family. And Along with, you know, being a, being added to every prayer list we could think of, along with eating right and taking my temperature and reading the calendar and all the things that they tell you to do to get pregnant. Just sidebar, we never went through infertility treatments. We never went the medical route because in my mind, why would we spend all this money if God is not allowing this to happen? My frustration just grew. That's what this was for me this eight years of wanting a child and not being able to have one for unexplained reasons. And I have to tell you, Proverbs 13, 12 is really true. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. For me and my situation, I had misplaced my hope. I had deferred my hope and it was making me sick to the point of depression. Through it all, Vinny was a champ. I'm telling you, my husband was a rock He just was so amazing. He was always supportive. He was always seeing the positive and moving us forward. And let's try this and let's go here and let's do this. Until the day that my emotions spilled out onto him. 
on June 16th of 2013. It was Father's Day, and we went to lunch together with some family to celebrate. Later that afternoon, Vinny um, came, and he kind of just, like, leaned down on the, you know, kind of rested on the bed a little bit. And I could just tell that he was down, so I asked, you know, what's going on? What's in your mind? And he said, I'm just realizing that this is never going to happen for us. And when he said that, he had always been the rock. He'd always been the supportive one. Always, always, this is going to happen. We're going to keep moving forward. Let's just keep moving on. And in my mind, it was like a switch that said, oh, no, we are at rock bottom. If, if me and Vinny both are feeling that this is never going to happen, then we are really at the lowest point we've never, ever been. The next Sunday, we were at a wedding, and I was able to see a, a very close friend who I don't get to see that often. Her name's Laureen. Laureen just said, hey, how can I pray for you guys? You know, the people closest to you know when things are up, and they know when you are walking through seasons that you just need extra support. And I think Laureen was catching on to the fact that we were in that place at that time. And I just looked her dead in the face, probably really deadpan, and said, if you want to pray for us, you got to pray for hope because we have none. We are at the end of our rope. On the way home that day, um, we were stuck in traffic, and I I assume Laureen was stuck in traffic. She called and said, hey, I on the drive home, I've just been thinking about you guys and praying for you guys, and I really feel like I'm supposed to call you and tell you the Lord says to hope in his love. And I'm going to be honest and say I don't remember what I told her. I probably got off the phone pretty quickly and said, okay, thanks, bye, because I was really frustrated. Like, seriously, God, you're going to tell me to hope in your love? Like, where is your love in all of the situation? You know, it's embarrassing. I'm walking through this season of hard, of hurtfulness, of frustration, of wanting to move our life forward, move our family forward. And you're the one that's not letting this happen. What do you mean your love? That was really the place that I was in. And I just kind of sat there for the next 10 days thinking about, what do you mean hope in your love? Well, on July 3rd, I went out on the back patio and I thought, okay, God, if I'm going to hope in your love, maybe I just need to spend some time being surrounded by your love. And I just need to think about that for a little bit and get my mind off this other stuff. (laughs) And... I just need some new music. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I need some new music to just listen to. And I came across, I have no idea how, but I came across this band called Ghost Ship. And they have a song called Poison Tree. And here are the lyrics. It says, I tried to tie good fruit to a tree that had poison all the way through. It rotted and fell off. It was dead to the core. It even killed the ground. I was worse than before. Come. Dig me up, reach down to the root, rip the deadness out, and plant something new. I have to tell you, in that moment on my back patio on July 3rd, 2013, I felt the hand of God (laughs) reach down into the depths of my soul, take hold of this dead root that was taking up way too much space. And literally rip it out of my heart. The deadness, the barrenness that had moved from a physical thing in our marriage to something in my entire life, all of my life, I I realized I had just sat down 
in life and I let myself become unfruitful in everything around me. The barrenness had to be completely removed before something new could be planted. July 4th comes, we went to the parade, we had some friends over for a barbecue. And then July 5th, that morning, I went back out to the patio and I felt this question rise up in my heart. What does the Bible have to say about infertility? You know it's in there, Jen. You need to dig it out and you need to plant it in this place, this new place that I've just created in your heart. So I sat on the back patio with my Bible and a notebook, and I went through every time in the Bible that a woman was barren, she couldn't conceive what happened in her life. I wrote those out, just like a timeline. I wrote those out, and I realized a pattern that every time a woman asked for a child, she received a son. So I said, okay, this is what it is. I wrote out what I felt like was a biblical promise for our family. I wrote out the promise of Abraham. I wrote out things from Ephesians. I wrote out things from Philippians. I wrote out just everything that came to my mind. It was like a flood of, of promises and scriptures that this is what God is saying to me in this season. And of course, I looked up, children are an inheritance of the Lord, Psalms 127. But at the beginning of that psalm, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, those that work labor in vain. Unless the, the Lord keeps a watch over the house, the watchman stays awake in vain. And that verse to me became a stronghold that I clung to in that season. I went in the house and I told Vinny, we have been living by sight for too long. I keep saying, I hear myself saying, we're not getting pregnant. We're not getting pregnant. I don't know what the problem is. We're not getting pregnant. And we're living by sight. We're living by what we see. But today I'm telling you, Vinny, <laughs> we're going to start living by faith. I got note cards and I put Bible truths on them, all the things that I had written out from Abraham to Psalms to Ephesians. And I started putting these things in on note cards. And I walked around uh, my job with them in my back pocket. And every chance I got, I took these verses out and I meditated on them. Every time I would feel frustration or fear or being unloved rise up in my heart, all these, these thoughts would rise up. I'd get those Bible verses out and I would start proclaiming, this is what the word of the Lord says. I put promises in my bathroom, on my bathroom walls. I put them beside my bed. I put them in my car. Like everywhere I was, I had the, the word of God in front of my face. I fought this, all these negative thoughts with his own words. I read, I prayed, I believe in his own words. I started telling my close friends, I'm not pregnant yet, but we are going to have a baby according to the word of God. Like boldly proclaiming this is what was going to happen. Not living by what I was seeing around me, but living by the word of God. On Father's Day, the very next year, while five-month-old Jackson was giving Vinny his first ever Father's Day gifts, I was able to give Vinny a bag full of positive pregnancy tests I had taken earlier that morning. After 10 years of waiting for kids to come, our babies came within 10 months of each other. Yeah, they're that close together. Pray for us. 
please don't hear something that I'm not saying. I am not saying to compare yourself to me and my story and to see how you're doing in your, in your faith walk. Each of us has our own pressing stories, our own crushing seasons, and we can encourage one another to keep pressing into God during those seasons. I'm also not giving you a formula that worked for me. I'm not saying I finally strong-armed God with his word into giving me what I want. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is don't ever let anything become bigger, a bigger focus or priority than Jesus. Keep him central. If anything, that experience taught me that there can be no idols, even good things like wanting children. There can be no idols in the face of Jesus. Do not defer your hope on anything besides God and his love. Everything else will let you down. Everything else will lead you on a path of sickness and death. What I'm saying is let your hope be placed on Jesus Christ and his love for you. He will not let your heart be sick. He will be a tree of life to you. Let me say a quick prayer for you today. Thank you, God, that your redemption and your love is patient. That while we're walking through seasons that seem to be breaking us apart, God, that you're actually breaking open something new in us. God, I thank you that you can redeem all situations, that nothing is ever wasted. I thank you, God, that you pull out bitter roots in our life and you replace it with, with good things that are from you. I thank you, God, that we can encourage one another and we can spur one another on to hope and love in you. I thank you for my friend who's listening today. I thank you for filling them with hope in your love. And I thank you, God, for surrounding them with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. If this podcast has encouraged you in any way, I hope that you will subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes so that other people can also find the podcast. And will you share it with a friend or tag them in social media? Any way that we can help other people be encouraged to hope in his love. That's the best part of the internet, right? Is we can share good things with each other. Thank you so much for all the love and support. I pray you have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time.